I'm Jason Ariola. And I'm Dominic Chavis, and this is Rock Out With Your Card Out. got a big four-part podcast going for you guys over the next um let's say a little while and we'll kind of leave it at that and i'll explain exactly how we're going to be doing this over the next uh few days but we'll do that at the end of the episode so uh, the game we're going to be covering for the next few episodes is the legend of heroes trails of cold steel 3 it's launching here in north america october 22nd and i believe if i'm remembering correctly this is set to go out october 17th so we're recording this a little early just because it's a four-parter so we're trying to get a little bit ahead of ahead of the game here so um this is another falcon sound team project here uh dominic i I'm, i know you don't have any familiarity with the game because i don't even have any familiarity with this one <laughs> but uh man i gotta say I, I think you and i could probably just do falcon sound team for the rest of our lives basically <laughs> yeah seriously man their stuff is just incredible this is now what the third thing we've dedicated to Falcom Sound Team because we did um, two parts on E7 and then we did two bonus episodes on the boy who had wings. Just one song alone, we did two bonus episodes of. <laughs> so by the time this is over with our, let's see, it'll be thirty episodes um, when this finishes, we will have dedicated six entire full-length episodes to Falcom Sound Team. Not including our bonus episodes. So, yeah, we put a lot of time into Falcom here. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely racking them up, man. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and go over the composers real quick here. Uh, of course, credit is Falcom Sound Team JDK, but the two composers that I could find that did this were Hayato Sonoda and Takahiro Urusuga. Uh, both of these composers have been with Falcom for quite a while. Uh, Sonoda's first credit I could find was Brandish 4 back in 1998. From there, he would work on Zwei. Gurumin, and some entries in Ease, Xanadu, and the Legend of Heroes series. And Urisuga's first work with Falcom was Xanadu Next in 2005, and he, much like Sonoda, would go on to work on other entries in the Xanadu, Ease, and Legend of Heroes series. There's a lot of stylistic choices here that kind of sound like E7. I'm trying to remember, I'm getting some of these jumbled in my head here, if some of the tracks we're going to be covering today sort of sound like E7 a little bit, but I know further down the line there's also some stuff that kind of remind me of E7, but neither of these composers work for E7, so I'm wondering if there's some sort of uh, cross-affecting in composition or something like that, maybe. It certainly sounds like it. It's weird that you can have so many different composers in a sound team and kind of come up with a bunch of different unique sounds, but then still have a house sound that all you would be very easily forgiven if you think it was all done by one person, you know? Yeah, definitely. 
All right, uh, so let's go ahead and let's move on. Um, we're gonna be doing this a little bit differently for this go around, and I think going in the future, because it seemed to have gone pretty well for our bonus episodes, uh, what we're gonna do is one track at a time, break down, and then move on to the next one. It also seemed to go faster when we were recording, so I think that will uh, alleviate a lot of, uh, let's say, time constraints on both Dominic and I's hands, so. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and move on. The first track we're gonna listen to is Briefing Time, so we'll go ahead and play that. Much like our E7 episodes, uh, we're going to start off with something a little bit more relaxing before we start getting to the faster-paced Falcom Sound Team stuff. I dig how laid-back this one is. It doesn't seem like it's going to be doing much beyond the fairly ambient noise stuff, but about 42 seconds in, we've got a horn that comes in to shake things up for a bit. After that horn finishes up, the keyboard changes up a little bit, and then some piano comes in with some strings that really helps cement this one in my head. It goes back out the same way it came in, making it one of those tracks you can kind of loop endlessly rather easily. You know, the first thing that I noticed was how well balanced everything is. Much like the track, it's uh, it's all so smooth. This is definitely up my alley. I, I've always been a fan of that laid back sound. You know, I'm not crazy about horns, but this, well, it works out well. I'm also enjoying the fact that nothing overpowers the leads. It's also clear and mixed extremely well. Yeah, we've talked about that at length, I think, on other episodes and just, you know, 
face to face where neither of us is really a big fan of horns i like it when it's a nice like supplementary thing and kind of done a little bit more quietly i don't really like them taking the lead but also if they're structured um we've talked about we don't really like that freeform jazz saxophone thing <laughs> where it just seems to have no direction at all but it's, uh, yeah don't like that stuff both of us very much seem to like structure in our music and this is very structured and i think i can deal with the horn section um i believe it's synthesized in this one um but you know whatever it doesn't really matter you have a horn section that kind of just does its own weird thing that goes against the, like the basic melody of the track it'll turn me off but this just kind of blends in really well yeah and I, honestly i just like the way they sound you know they just have a really nice laid-back sound to them mm-hmm. i wouldn't even say they sound too brassy you know what i mean yeah it's might, true. It might have something to do with it. I think I said, I think this is a synthesized horn section, but if that has something to do with it, then man, uh, you can do synthesized horns with me, not all day, but a lot more frequently than I would normally tolerate a like genuine <laughs> horn section. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next track we're going to be covering, and that is Education of, oh, geez, uh, Rakshasa, Rakshasa, Rakai, oh boy, just look at it in the show notes and you go ahead and try <laughs> to pronounce that thing. <laughs> That was Education of oh boy, uh, Rakshasa. I'm just going to go ahead and go with that. Anyway, jeez, uh, <laughs> oh, you know, Dominica is probably my least favorite thing about this podcast is when we come across the title, I have no idea how to pronounce it. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Uh, it's, it's, I kind of know how a lot of people feel when they come across my last name sometimes. It's like, are really? Yeah. Anyway, uh, we start off with some catchy drum roll, and you've got my attention. Throw in a string section and a well-structured horn section, and you've got something I'm going to be into. When we hit 40 seconds into this thing, and that horn hits, man, it just does something to me. I love the flow and structure of this one. It's fairly short, but it does a lot to keep me interested in listening to it. You know, I've got to say that snare drum line works well with the rest of the track. 
the track itself really doesn't seem to force itself upon you yet you know it's there i can hear the restraint guess you'd need to hold back a little to make a track like this work honestly i'm right there with you when it comes to those horns there's just something about them that grabbed my attention completely and again they don't force themselves on you at all allowing me to enjoy them it's not a bad track. Yeah, it's weird that the last two tracks we've covered, both of them have horn sections that we kind of enjoy, and we've both gone on record multiple times saying we're not really a big fan of horns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's almost like Falcom Sound Team kind of seems to know what they're doing occasionally. <laughs> mm, occasionally. Yeah, here and there, sporadically. Never mind, we've dedicated. No, like I said, by the not including this one at all. I think uh, the two E7s were like four and a half hours. Mm. So we've dedicated oh. bare minimum like uh, six hours worth of content to E or to a Falcom Sound Team in this podcast. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You think about that, it's like that's a lot. And then eh, these are bare minimum going to be about an hour each. So that's probably another you know four hours there. So it's like mm-hmm. ten hours and thirty episodes worth of stuff. It's like, eesh. Yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's go ahead and let's move on to the next track, and that is Einhell Small Fortress. Again, that was Einhell Small Fortress, and this one starts off a bit strange with some almost buzzing-like electronic stuff, but it leads into a great beat. When the piano comes into the forefront 43 seconds in, it then leads into this great heavy guitar section with some great violin, 
and great percussion keeping it all together. A minute and 40 in, we get this great synth sound in, and it just really takes this track and gives it a little more oomph behind it. It gives it a bit more of a feeling of importance than it did, which bleeds over into the intro when it loops back in. I really like how this one sort of builds on itself. Taking elements that might not have hit as hard the first go-around really feel more impactful after the track has played through its entirety and you go back and listen to it a second time. You know, uh, it sounds like some type of auto filter was placed in the intro, and actually it seems to hold through taking place in the background when the track starts moving man this track really develops into something pretty intense and i'm loving the electronic feel overall believe it or not i think the track would sound a little better without the should i say it guitars oh whoa whoa, (laughs) holy shit okay hold on we gotta stop the podcast what the fuck did you just say (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm being serious man i think it'd sound a little bit better without the guitars but it's still a neat touch (laughs) <laughs> man yeah i can kind of i can kind of hear that it just i don't know just that sort of like real heavy guitar sound for me like i really kind of dug it the way i feel about it is you take these elements and individually and you tell me you're gonna make a track with this 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 and this and i'm gonna be like man that's gonna come out sounding like shit <laughs> and then falcon sounding puts it together and i'm like oh oh yeah no, that came out sounding pretty good what do i make i love it yeah exactly <laughs> I don't know. They just sound a little too overpowering. Okay. But, you know, I'm still digging this track a lot and really wouldn't even call that a complaint. Just personal preference. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, it's... Man, it, and that's weird for you to say. So maybe maybe I should uh, go back and listen to that one again and maybe listen to the guitar a little bit more. If they pulled it back a little, do you think that would help? Oh, yeah, definitely. I was about to say that. If they lowered the volume just a bit, that might actually help, you know, the guitar sit into the mix a little bit better, okay. at least to me. And, you know, I, I would say if anyone can uh, critique guitar stuff in a track, I think you would be the man to talk to about that. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, I'll just, you know, what, I'll without really going back and listening to it right off the top of my head here, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, blindly disagree or blindly agree with you on that. One. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> I, if ever if ever there's an instrument I'm going to trust your uh, judgment on, it's going to be guitar. So, <laughs> but yeah, exactly, dude. All right, let's go ahead and let's move on to Brave Steel. So we'll listen to that one. Be right back.
All right, and that, again, that was Brave Steel. This is one of my favorites on this album, and if you've been paying attention to what'll nail me every time in a track, this one nearly has all of it. Kicks off with a great drum intro and percussion staying strong throughout the whole thing. You've got some really great guitar helping keep the rhythm. The piano takes the forefront through the first 50 seconds or so, and then it lets a guitar come in and take the lead with it, adding a really nice blending of the two that both harmonizes and keeps them strong enough individually that they stick out still. And then, man... And then we get to it. Obviously, my favorite part at a minute nine, <laughs> violin taking the lead. It just smacks you right in the face, take a shot with it. And we know how much I love a lead violin in this stuff. And this one just fires on all cylinders when that violin kicks in. When that violin finishes, it's reminding you just how great it is. The piano does a wonderful breakdown to get us back into the loop for the track. From start to finish, I love everything going on with this one. It's another one of those tracks that I feel just personifies the sound of modern Falcom sound team. Well, you pretty much summed it all up. I think the crunchy guitars are a nice touch. They seem to mix in well with the bass and drums. Just the fact that the track changes so much has got me hooked. And the track has what I would call uh, that signature Falcom sound. When I'm craving my fix, I just browse a Falcom music channel. Good stuff on there. Yeah. Go either YouTube or um, or Spotify, and you can just kind of pop some stuff on there dude and like every time brave steel comes on it is just one of those ones that it just gets played it's in my run mix it's in my work mix you know (laughs) it's just one of those ones that it was an early favorite in this thing it wasn't like the thing that really got me into this album as a whole but the first time i heard it i was like oh yeah this is definitely gonna be one of my favorites uh favorites of the year because i think i don't you know we didn't mention at the top of the show actually um this album i think was like my third or fourth favorite album of 2017 and having two falcon albums released the same year it's like oh geez (laughs) yeah no shit wow that's intense yeah and um later on this year ease eight's album is coming or no ease nine's album's coming out so yeah i'm kind of like that's a you know, I, I, hate, I hate to just, you know, go so easily on it, but I've got a feeling that's probably going to end up being my favorite album of the year. So just because, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, the Ease albums are pretty consistently pretty good. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. So, all right. Uh, yeah, we might even end up talking about that at the end of the year, but we'll see. Uh, anyway, yeah, I don't want to get us another huge project like this one right off the right off the bat. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next track. And that is going to be Toughness. There's two exclamation points at the end of it, so I should, probably should say it with a little bit more oomph, right? Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> All right, toughness! All right, something like that. Hopefully I didn't just blow my microphone out in everybody's ears. Uh, but yeah, so uh, there's that one, and we'll be right back. <laughs>
right, here we go. That was toughness. And this is some serious, intense shit. I mean, we've got great percussion going on right from the start. That's both powerful, but keeps the, in the background remarkably well. The strings build the tension, leading to the main part of the track incredibly well, too. And what's the lead instrument in this main part? Violin? Yeah, you got me hooked. <laughs> the electronic stuff just helps keep this thing moving along. And the added in choral elements are just another layer of the background that really helps nail this thing down. Just as I think I couldn't like this track anymore, we've got a solo violin coming in to take the forefront at a minute and 20. Yep, Falcom knows what I like. And it's got this incredible sound to it that's both powerful and mournful at the same time. This is another one that's just tight from start to finish. Yeah, definitely. You know, the intro has uh, some intense play on the toms, and I think it mixes in with uh, the main sounds pretty well. I can't even explain how this one makes me feel. And I, honestly, I think it's a little weird, but then it makes sense. It is pretty uh, repetitive, but, you know, I like that. It works with this one. Yeah, it's. it almost feels like there's not much to this one, but at the same time, like, there's just something really catchy about it. It harkens to what we've talked about before with, like, video game music being catchy and having, like, a strong melody and a, and a good loop to it. And this is, I, I feel this is, like, a very good personification of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. This one has a, an interesting hook to it. Yeah. And I don't think anyone confuses for anything but, like, modern video game music if you listen to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, All right, let's go ahead and let's move on to Youthful Victory, and we'll do that one and be right back. was youthful victory and this is what i assume the after battle theme and it's way better than it needs to be frankly it's a short loop and i wish it was a little bit longer but what's there is great some great use of the guitar keeping the rhythm and the horns being the thing at the forefront we talked about it and again not a huge fan of horns but i like when it's implemented well like they were in this one they can have an impact and give off a vibe that a few or that few other instruments can yeah really that's uh Wish I had more to say about this track, but I don't. But say what I have, you know, this is a definitely a happy and victorious track. I really like the vibe it's giving me. I just I dig it, and it really pumps you up. Surprisingly, it's a nice short track to throw into the mix. I don't expect these tracks to be long because normally when you finish a battle in RPG, you're sort of mashing on the button to get through it. Basically, it's like I don't I don't care how much experience I got. Come on, let's get through this thing. You know, it's like keep going, let's keep going. It's like did I get a level? No. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) I don't care. Uh, so yeah, I, I wouldn't expect this one to be too long, but yeah, it's, it's catchy and I think it's better than it needs to be. Frankly, like I said, those things normally oh, yeah. I get like six seconds in, I don't need anything that's even remotely close to a minute. So <laughs> like I said, I like it, man. It's a, it's a good track. Like the vibe. Yeah, totally. All right, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next track. And that is going to be start line.
and that was Startwine. And I can't all be hammering electronic rock this episode, so let's have some Startwine mellow things out a little bit. I love the piano here, more so than the violin fiddle section. The violin is a great complement to it, but that piano is the real star of this track, and you know it's got to be good for me to prefer anything over the violin. The synthesized horn section that just keeps coming up in this thing, that starts up a minute in, is a sound I equate to Falcom Sound Team. I don't think I hear that from anyone else but them. It's a great addition to this one, and is also a nice solo back out to the loop. Even for a more mellow track, this one still has a lot of strength to it, and it's almost hard to describe that. Yeah, so this is a lot different than what we've heard so far. And guess what? I don't like it. <laughs> uh oh, really? Okay. It's just uh, way too damn happy and carefree for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean it's bad, though. Uh, you got to remember, I listen to bands like Six Feet Under, so that should say everything. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, I've never heard a track of theirs, but just based on the name alone, I'm going to go ahead and guess. Not a, not really happy, floaty, uh, whistle, uh, swinging a pocket watch while you're listening stuff, right? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, probably not. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a big difference. <laughs> I imagine. But, you know, it's, it's a good track. It's just, you know, like I said, it's too damn happy. It makes me, it irritates me. <laughs> it makes me mad. Oh, boy. We're going to have a, we're going to have an issue when we get to one of the uh, tracks on the next, uh, on the next episode then, I think. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully you end up liking it because I'm like, as soon as you said that, I was like, uh-oh, there's one that I'm like, I really equate out to just almost like bubblegum pop of video game music <laughs> to a point. So I'm kind of like, oh, shit, this, this one might be a little bit, uh, you know, uh, divergent in opinions here, <laughs> but... <laughs> But yeah, like I said, I, I like this one, and I, I tend to like a little bit more upbeat stuff, so I can totally see why this one would like work for me a little bit more than you in that sense. You know, I, I really don't know why I don't like it. I Maybe it's just, you know, the, the patterns that they've chose to use, you know, just the, the way everything's written. I don't know. I just I can't pinpoint it. Yeah, just, I can understand I that. I mean, maybe it's hell, the scales. Man. Hell, man, I can't even pinpoint exactly why I like it as much as I do. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if I can't pinpoint why I like it specifically, I can imagine it'd be hard for you to pinpoint why you don't like it specifically. So it's kind of like <laughs> that thing of like, yeah, it's like we're just sort of shooting shooting in the dark here at this one. Is like what what's doing it and not doing it for us, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next episode. Or next episode, jeez Louise, I'm jumping the gun here apparently. Um, the next track we're going to be listening to, and that is Possibilities Are Endless.
that was Possibilities Are Endless. And the guitar kicks off here and leads into a fiddle with some flute accompanying it. This one has a strong Celtic feel to it, and with the release of the Chrono Cross soundtrack in early September on digital platforms, it makes me think of this soundtrack or that soundtrack a lot. This one is nice and mellow, just flows really well from one section to another. It's not one that's going to get your blood pumping, but this one really sticks with you with all the different instrument choices throughout it. I think my favorite part is about a minute and 49 in when the fiddle and flute are doing like a duet of sorts. This track has such a peaceful vibe to it that it's just one I go to when I'm in need of like a pick-me-up that doesn't smack you in the face with powerful stuff. Again, it's probably because I've been listening to the Chrono Cross OST a lot lately, but this one's vibe is right there with Scars of Time. I think Scars of Time is a better track. I, I don't think anyone is, would ever even think to argue that. But the feeling I get from this is about the same. Hmm. Interesting. You know, it's it's funny. I kind of like this track. <laughs> it's happy and carefree. Wait a second. But it's... <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> Hold on, man. I, we're going to have to, okay, we're going to have to go back and listen to Start Line one more time. <laughs> Give that one another chance. It's happy, carefree, okay, but it's not overpowering. Ah, okay, I got you. A good beat accompanied by a nice rhythm. That's all. And maybe I'm liking this one more than the last because to me, there's it seems like there's a little more going on. But in any case, I'm digging it. Well, good. I'm glad because, like I said, this is one of those that I really, really enjoy and. Scars of Time, I think I played it for you at work, I think, a few days, or, well, as of this recording, a few days ago, but that is one of those, like, just tracks, it just, man, I love, love, love the Chrono Cross soundtrack, and to kick off that soundtrack with that, um, you know, with that composition is just like, holy shit, man, this is, (laughs) that is just one of those pieces of music that you can, like, play for people and be like, you know, you might not even realize it's video game music. It definitely has a distinct vibe to it. And this one kind of gives off that same vibe. It's just not quite as memorable. And this one's a little bit more video gamey, I suppose. But man, I, I, I really do take this one too. Yeah, it's a good track. I'm glad we covered it. And speaking of covering things, let's go ahead and let's move on to the next one we're going to be covering. And that is Welcome Back, A Bend Time. I have no idea what a bend is, but uh, yeah, that's one word. Not a bend or a bend in time or anything like that. It's just a bend time. So (laughs) yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and listen to that and we'll be right back.
All right, that was Welcome Back, a Ben Time. And this is a bit of a strange one for Falcom and for me. It has a bit of a disco sound to it, but I kind of enjoy listening to it. The piano lead kicks in at the 47 second mark and changes the vibe up a little bit and leads into an organ sort of thing taking the forefront. I think the string section in this one is really what keeps things together. It's not going to knock your socks off or anything, but I feel like this one is worth listening to and another one of those things to kind of show off the range of stuff you'll find in a Falcom soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one is pretty strange, uh, but it grooves. The piano totally makes this track in my mind. Uh, same with the organ. Oh, yes, the keys make this track. There's definitely some interesting play between patterns, and it's a fun jam that doesn't really get old. Just another track that'll make great background music. <laughs> it's one of those ones that almost kind of reminds me of like a Persona track of sorts. It's weird. Oh, yeah, slightly, huh? Yeah, and I don't know what it is. Maybe just something in my brain that I, you know, anything Falcom, not anything, but 90% of what Falcom puts out music-wise I'm going to be into. That I hear this and I'm okay with it, but I hear this like on a Persona soundtrack or something like that, and I just kind of skip skip over it, basically. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've talked about that before, where I'm not a big fan of the Persona music for whatever reason. And to be fair, I haven't given them much of a chance, because most of the time I just kind of hear the jazzy sort of stuff, and I'm just like, skip, nope, I'm good, I don't need to hear this, I, I've got the gist of it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and yeah, just, I'm kind of the same way with that stuff, man. I'm uh, just not a big fan of the stuff. Yeah, it's... I don't know, like, we're definitely, like, I think, one of the few video game music podcasts that probably doesn't enjoy Persona's music, so, yeah, I guess, uh, but, I mean, you know, we, we lean real heavily on uh, Falcom Sound Team, so just take that for what you will, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we're sitting here playing, like, terrible stuff, any, you know, or anything, so it's like, no, we, we definitely are into, uh, into some pretty good stuff, it's just uh, what a lot of people like, we also kind of sometimes don't get into, but, you know, it just all comes down to taste, so. Yeah, in the end, it's just taste. All right, and let's go ahead and let's move on to the next one, and that is going to be power or technique. And that was power or technique. And 
you want a good way to build some tension, here's how you do it. That underlying rhythm starts this one off and keeps going throughout. In a choice that surprises me with how well it works, this one never really explodes. It feels like it's building up to something when it starts, but it actually goes back down a few notches. I like it uh, for that. It just, it kind of has me on this edge of like waiting for it, you know, sort of like waiting on the precipice for something to just blow up and it just <laughs> never quite happens. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure how this one makes me feel. I, I like it, but I'm just not sure why. And I think the bassy rhythm is what's grabbing me. Just dig the sound that's being pushed out and guess this track would do a pretty good job raising the, uh, how would you say, tension bar? <laughs> it's a pretty good track for being so short as well. Yeah, this is a strange one where I normally, I don't know, I normally have a thing where it does like kind of build tension, but it never really does that explosion into something. You know what I mean? And yeah, it never really gets there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just, um, kind of, oh, 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 oh. And just yeah, kind of kind of stays there forever, basically. <laughs> uh, it, it's weird. It's, there's a lot of buildup into nothing. And normally, that you know, uh, both in in life in general and music, I don't really like that. But I actually dig this one for whatever reason. So yeah, yeah, it's a good track. It's just it's 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 different. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Jeez. Oh, All right, let's go ahead and let's move on to one of the last two tracks we're going to be covering, and that is Sort of Biting Gale. So listen to that and be right back.
All right, that was Sword of Biting Gale, and this may have been the first track I heard from this game, and it's exactly the kind of thing that's going to get me to check out the rest of it from the first second. Having that fiddle intro right into a great rock backing just kicks things right off. Then, 20 seconds in, we go into the guitar coming up with the fiddle and the guitar sort of trading the lead. It's got great percussion and just hammers home this thing throughout. The breakdown a minute and 18 seconds in really breaks it up and sort of gives the guitar a good but very brief solo. This is another one that from start to finish just rocks. It smacks you in the face immediately and does not let up. <laughs> yeah, it does several times. <laughs> uh, it has a good intro along with the midsection that rolls out smoothly. The synchronicity between the guitar and fiddle is just spot on, and I'm glad the track breaks itself apart toward the end. Those fast guitar leads really help section things off correctly, and not to mention the musician behind the guitar really knows their way around that fretboard. Some of those leads are brutally hard to play. And all in all, I like the track, and I have absolutely zero complaints. This is one of those that I heard this, and I just heard this, like, I was paying attention to the guitar a little bit more as I was listening to it. And I was like, I think Dominic's really going to dig this one because just even my untrained ear, I'm listening to it. And I'm like, there's a lot of complexity in the way this guitar is going. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff he's doing there. (laughs) Too much. Yeah. There's some sweet picking, some fast alternate picking sections. And, you know, it sounds like some of the patterns are calling for like economy picking, which is uh, another little skill. (laughs) but it will help you roll out fast sections. Get through them easier, easier Mm -hmm. than it would be alternate picking them. But it's, guy's crazy, man. Guy is crazy. The more I, like, hear this stuff, and I started, like, looking into the musicians, I didn't know that there is, like, it makes sense, of course, but there is a violinist. Her name is as prominent in a lot of the credit stuff as, like, a lead vocalist is. She's just that Mm -hmm. ingrained in the Falcom sound, basically. And it's the same thing. I think they've got two guitarists. Mm. And I'm not sure, like, style-wise who does what, but it's just... It's really amazing just how good these people are at doing this. And I'm going to be really sad when I have to go to Japan and and uh, make that guy disappear so you can take his place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> like I said, uh, it's going to be – I'm not saying kill him because I, I, I don't think uh, I don't think he deserves that because he's a wonderful musician. But uh, he's going to have to go away so you can take his place. So uh, the you know ultimate form of this podcast is you know you taking over on Falcom Sound Team as, as the guitarist. And we'll uh, – yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I said, that is the that is the whole purpose. We're, I'm going to slowly start teaching uh, myself Japanese so we can start talking to them and then be like, hey, do you want to meet me for coffee? Yes, coffee. Guitarist guy, let's meet for coffee. Where did he go? <laughs> he never met me for coffee. Hey, Dominic, there's a job opening. Why don't you go for it, dude? There you go. That's <laughs> it. Got you in. <laughs> it happened. I'm going to jail, but it happened. Send me all the Falcon Sound Team tracks in jail. <laughs> uh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> Oh, what a weird way to go for a podcast. <laughs> anyway. Oh, no shit. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and let's talk about the last track here that we're going to be doing, and that is going to be Beyond the Flowing Cloud. So listen to that and be right back, and you cannot use this in court against me, I promise. <laughs>
All right, that was Beyond the Flowing Cloud. And to close us out on this disc, we're going out with something more mellow with a strong string section and a lead fiddle. When the fiddle lets the piano take over 40 seconds in, it changes the vibe of this track just slightly enough. A flute jumps into the mix at about a minute and six seconds in, adding yet another layer to it. Then, a minute and 15 in, we've got the violin taking the forefront, and you've completely got me. This is one of those I found it hard to not listen to a few times when I was playing through the soundtrack. It's hard to get songs I would consider to be pretty to also be memorable, but this one manages it with the instrument choices and, and the changes in the leads. Yeah, definitely. I'm really enjoying the rhythm here. The bass and percussions are compressed, allowing the instruments to, allowing the lead instruments that push out the higher frequencies control the path of the track. It's a nice way to, to mix something. You know, it's just, mm. the leads just totally stand out when you do something like that. And man, this one is just pretty fucking catchy. <laughs> Very easy to get stuck in your head. And honestly, I, I was hooked from the start. Right away, it sounded so damn original. Just, this is some good shit. Yeah, I really enjoy this. And it's weird. It, you and I talked about this, and we haven't, like, actually done a podcast about it. But, like, that the difference in a violin and a fiddle is almost jokingly just the, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the where you place it on your body. It's like, you know, a violinist normally puts it under their chin, and a fiddle player puts it on their chest. And, you know, a violinist, you sort of get this... Uh, you know, a uh, classier uh, image in your head and the violin or in the fiddleist or in a fi- fiddle player, basically you sort of get like, you know, somebody playing on their front porch, basically in this, in the South of America, basically. Yeah. It's a, in other words, it's essentially the same instrument. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> doesn't it doesn't matter is, how you hold it. doesn't yeah. matter how you play it. Yeah. And it's weird. Just, it, it's weird that really it's just the sound that sounds a little bit different. Um, like the violin, I always kind of equate out to a little bit more smooth and the, um, fiddle always sounds a little bit more chunky, I suppose, if that's the right word for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In my head, like, uh, you know, before I knew that there was no difference in the instruments, um, <laughs> uh, you know, a violinist, just that sound that you typically hear is just, it sounds so much more polished than like how somebody that calls themselves a fiddle player would play their instrument. It's just, you know, I think obviously like the scales and, and everything that they tend to play are definitely a lot different. And I think that's kind of the only way you can tell like what to call them, I mm-hmm. guess, you know, cause I'm sure these people would prefer to be called, you know, either yeah, a fiddle player or an actual violinist. Yeah. I don't know, but you can definitely hear the difference when you compare like the music that a violinist would play compared to fiddle player, even though it's the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird to talk about. Yeah. It's, it's very strange. The long and the short of it basically is that a violin is a fiddle and a fiddle is a violin. It literally just boils down to how it's played effectively. Mm -hmm. And you know, like I think I mentioned this to you, the only difference that I've seen like online is like be, between the instruments, if there was any difference, is the uh, the bridge. It's shaped differently. So I think your low strings are a bit higher off the fretboard opposed to your high strings. Hmm. And it's been a while. Yeah. So check that out again. There, There is a particular bridge that a fiddle player tends to use. And I think really it's, it's, it's like interesting that a fiddle and a violin can literally play the same things and it's it's by and large the same instrument it's just those very minute differences and then it largely i think it's one of those like kind of cool things that 
it boils down to the person playing it that really sort of just personifies whether or not it's a violin or a fiddle or a fiddle basically. And I, while we were talking here, I sort of pulled it up and uh, the violinist for Falcom is Mizuki Mizutani. And mm. the fact that she can, I think, you know, go between those two, making it sound like a fiddle and making it sound like a violin is a really, really impressive feat and really shows off just how good she is at this thing. And I, feel like it really nails down like why we talked about in the last segment why she's a name in falcom this is mizutani our violin player you know it, it's not our violin player is it's this is da 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 our violin player you know what i mean <laughs> yeah definitely she's definitely earned her spot there too i mean her playing is incredible just to just to play this stuff is extremely hard you know and to be put in the middle of two extremely good guitarists and expect it to, you know, basically play along with them and keep up. That's just incredible. It's, well, yeah, she's great. Yeah. When you can rock harder than the rock guitarists, basically, using a yeah. violin, that really should tell you something. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> using a classical instrument, too, of all things. Like I said, I, I forget who it was. There's there's this woman who does, not a concert violinist, but she does concerts and she does the violin, basically, as her elite instrument. And the first time I saw her, she's sort of like, and she does a lot of, like, a lot of video game remixes and she really like just hammers home, like turns it into something fun before her. And I wish I could remember her name off the top of my head, but I can't pull it. But before her, I always pictured violin as just this stuffy instrument. Somebody in a, you know, in a fancy dress would sit in a chair or a fancy, <laughs> you know, suit or tuxedo sit in a chair and play while, you know, a conductor is leading them along. And that woman sort of like really changed my mind on what a violin could do. And Mizuki Mizutani really just really opened up my eyes with like, holy shit, the violin is a absolute kick-ass instrument. Yeah. You know who opened up my eyes? <laughs> Mr. Charlie Daniels. <laughs> that guy is one crazy-ass fiddle player. Oh, yeah, you're right. You know, I think he even said, too, at one point that, you know, there's like no difference between a fiddle and a violin, basically. Yeah, memory. I think you were, you, were, you mentioned that a while back. Yeah, work. Yeah, it's interesting. It's just I get so confused with it all because I end up acting as if a fiddle player is or a fiddle is different than a violin. But yeah. In my mind, it's still the same. So, yeah, it's just it's really hard for me to talk about that subject for some damn reason. Yeah. And I think ultimately what it really boils down to is it just the way the sound catches our ear. Basically, if it sounds a certain way, like I said, in certain parts of this, it comes across as a fiddle. And then in a lot, it comes across as a violin. So I, really, if we start saying like fiddle or violin, or if one of us says like the fiddle and then the other one says the violin, just know we're talking about the exact same instrument <laughs> and the exact same part. It's There is no real difference between the two. Yeah, not at all. So, oh, all right. We had a nice little breakdown of the violin playing there. And again, I, I really do want to just really hammer home just how good uh, Mizuki Mizutani is. I like I said I had to look her up because while we were talking because I felt bad that I forgot her name and she is a huge th like thread of all of these Falcom Sound Team things that I've gotten into that sort of carried through in each of the soundtracks that I've liked. She's a wonderful violinist and just kicks ass. And man, like I said, if you had told me like my teenage years or even my 20s that I would say violinist and kicks ass uh, in the same sentence, <laughs> you know, referring to the same person, I would have been like, no, no, that that's not possible. But, well, here we are. I'm, uh, you know, getting closer to 40. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> no, nope, nope, this woman kicks absolute ass playing the violin. <laughs> right, man, when you get older, you Things change. <laughs> and start appreciating things a little bit differently. So There you go. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, we hope you like this episode because, well, surprise, the next episode covering Disc 2 is going to be out tomorrow. 
after that, we're going to be putting out part three on the 21st, and part four will be coming out to coincide with the release of Trails of Cold Steel 3 on the 22nd. We wanted to kind of help promote the game's release the only way we knew how, by talking about its great music. We didn't want to spend two months covering this thing, so we thought, hey, why don't we just make this an ungodly amount of work for ourselves and just put out four full episodes in the course of a few days. I don't think we do this for anyone else, but Falcom, when it boils right down to it, but hearing this, we hope you appreciate just how good this group of musicians actually is. Yeah, they're all just... These people are incredible. <laughs> and they're bound to have something for everybody to enjoy. I'm, I'm so glad I got to cover these these tracks, actually. Uh, you know, these the recent tracks... What am I trying to say here, Jason? What the hell am I trying to say here? Mm. Just how good Falcom is, basically. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I'm stumbling too much. <laughs> ah, it's all right, man. We're, you know, you're at the end. You're at the end of your day. I'm sort oh, of at, the, sort of on the tail end of a weird. Uh, you know, I was off last night, and I'm sort of not sleeping when I normally am sleeping on my day off. But whatever. Anyway, uh, yeah, it, it just boils down to we have to space out Falcom Sound Team a little bit because Jesus God Almighty, we could literally just make this podcast the Falcom Sound Team podcast and do nothing else, and I think we'd probably be okay. <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, I don't think people want to hear us just always sit there and just, you know, bloviate about how much we love Falcom Sound Team. So I figured putting four episodes out very close together and then going back to our normal schedule would kind of help alleviate that and give us the chance to talk about this stuff. Because I don't want to spend, like I said, four episodes, which equates out to nearly two months worth of podcasts talking about one soundtrack. So this is a good way to do this. We're probably not going to do this for a while because this, this has turned out to be a lot of work and... Um, as of this recording, it is, um, geez, what day is it? It is September 24th. We are trying to get ahead because of how much work this is going to be. So, uh, yeah, so we're literally like recording this like a month in advance to sort of put out there <laughs> just to be ready for it. Again, we love these soundtracks and there's so much to Falcom Sound Team, but we are going to have to space it out probably a little bit better in the future. But it's sort of weird having, you know, a soundtrack I wanted to cover and the game coming out. And I was just like, you know, this is perfect timing. And not to say it might rain, rain in a few new listeners, too, if, uh, you know, somebody kind of gets the word out in that sense. But, uh, yeah, I, th I think this will be a good way to introduce people to our podcast because I don't think we've ever, outside of getting Julia Henderson's um, Chrono Trigger tribute album out, or, you know, basically around the same time as it originally, or when it was released, I don't think we've done this before. So this is something that... You know, this game has been out now for like two years in Japan, but it's coming to North America now. And I thought, hey, this is a great way to, on our end, sort of help promote Falcom Sound or Falcom's work, basically, by promoting its music. And you can buy that everywhere. And you can also listen to Falcom on Spotify. So if that's your thing, too, you can do that. And then also kind of pushing their video games because, man, oh, man, I love both. And I'm really looking forward to getting into playing this thing eventually i'm working my way through the Leg or uh, trails of cold steel one right now and if anyone is familiar with those games they take you know uh 60 to 100 hours depending on how much you want to get into them so it's kind of like uh mm. i'm behind <laughs> damn yeah <laughs> Oh, but anyway, that will wrap up this episode. So, as usual, you can follow us on Twitter at Roeyco Podcast. That is R O W Y C O Podcast. You can follow me at Jason Ariola, and you can follow Dominic at. You can follow me at Dominic Shred. And if you like the show, and we hope you do, uh, you can back us on Patreon at patreon.com slash gamesandjunk. Over there, you get this podcast at a higher quality audio rate. You get a catch-all feed for all the podcasts we do in the Games and Junk Network. 
Um, you also get bonus episodes, the full version of our bonus episodes. And for $5 a month, that will also get you a shout out on the show. And so for that, we'd like to shout out to John, Vanessa, Alex Messenger, and Gustav for supporting the show supporting all the work we do and we hope you guys really appreciate this one because man oh man uh, dominic and i are really going to kill ourselves i think before the end of this podcast uh yeah and oddly um in a little bit of fortuitous timing i didn't notice it until as of this recording literally like two days ago but when the 30th episode drops of this podcast it will be literally day and date one year that I put out that solo one. So our one year anniversary will also culminate in us having wrapped up, finished talking about trails of cold steel three and will also be, you know, 30 episodes long and a year. It, it, it's just really fortuitous. And then if you look at your calendars, you're going to see that a certain episode number will fall on a certain day. So that's also really odd, odd timing on our part too, for that. So <laughs> yeah, what a coincidence. Yeah. A whole bunch of coincidence <laughs> going around with this podcast. But anyway, uh, we've talked at you guys long enough. So yeah, there's going to be a lot more uh, Trails of Cold Steel coming your way the next few days. So like I said, uh, tomorrow, go ahead and check out the feed again. And there will be part two waiting for you. So until then, we will talk at you guys tomorrow. Unless you're listening to this in the future. Then whenever you get around to listening to this. <laughs> I don't know why I have to really go and second guess what I just said. I said it with such confidence and then I fucked that up, didn't I, Dominic? Yep. All right. Um, <sighs> what a fuck up, what a fuck up. Anyway, thanks for listening to Rock Out With Your Card Out, and we'll talk to you guys next time. <laughs> Great! I knew that groove was in your heart.